Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the 5-0 Show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the host of the show. And before we get into the show, I want to thank Ed, our producer, each and every week, he comes to us and uh, helps us refine this product. I also want to thank Bonneville for this time. Uh, 92.3, 98.7, give us a time to come to you every day to talk about matters of the community because community matters. If you have any questions about the Silent Witness program, please check out silentwitness.org or you can give information anonymously at 480-WITNESS. If that information leads to an arrest, you could get cash. So check out silentwitness.org. And today, kind of a weird segue... My guest is Dr. Cindy Scott Janicek. Did I say that right? You did. And I, I knew you as Cindy Scott. Yes. We worked together at the Phoenix Police Department in the Public Affairs Bureau. And so for those who don't really know what that is, that's our communications arm of the police department. So what I'd like to do, if you're willing, first and foremost, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. And I want to talk a little bit about what drove you to join the police department. What did you enjoy about the police department? And then you are the model example of careers after what we do at the police department. So I want to talk about that, too. So can you talk a little bit about what prompted you to sign up as uh, a police officer with our department? You know, in the the most bizarre way, actually, I was a communications major in college. No one in my family was military. Uh, Nobody was PD. Nothing at all. Um, And I was supposed to go into pharmaceutical sales, actually. Uh, That was kind of like the path I was supposed to take. And I ended up meeting a couple... A gentleman while I was working out, and they were with Phoenix PD. And I didn't really want to go into sales. I wanted the stability. I really wanted to help people more. I, that really drew me to law enforcement. And everything that they said about it's a stable job, that you have time with your family, you have benefits, you have medical and sales, you have no stability, you don't have any benefits, you don't have retirement. I mean, you don't take vacations, nothing. I remember one day we were going to go do something, and one of the guys said that he was just going to ask for some time off. And so you can ask, actually ask for time off and not be penalized because in sales, you know, that's like the curse. And he said, no, they want you to take time off. You know, it's a hard job. So spend time with your family. And so I went on a ride along and I loved it just to be able to be physically fit, which is important. I loved that to be surrounded by people who are physically fit, who wanted to help people. And you could actually be in that position to do some good in this world. It's funny you say that. I never thought about it. I used to do sales way back in the day and you can't. <laughs> tell by looking, but it was a health club sales. And when the end of the month came, you either hit your number or you didn't. And then that month was gone. Yes. And you always had to start over. And that, for me, that stress, that pressure, I know that a lot of folks say, you know, sales folks can be the highest paid people in the world. And that is absolutely probably true. I love the stability of knowing my schedule, as you mentioned, providing for the family. That's very alluring. I didn't know you were in communications, but it makes sense because when you joined the police department, somehow you found yourself... In the Public Affairs Bureau, what did you do between patrol and PAB? So um, I followed them to South Phoenix, which, you know, was, you know, very out of my comfort zone. And I had a lot of, you know, cousins and so forth who were addicted to drugs. So I saw, like, you know, the catastrophic effect of that. And so I really found myself drawn to trying to help people, especially the kids who are in these horrible environments with their parents who are addicted to drugs. So um, I went to undercover narcotics. And... 
Um, I'm kind of a stable person. I don't really jump around to a lot of things. So I spent all this time in patrol, then went to uh, the neighborhood enforcement team, community policing, uh, under the unbelievable direction of Chief Kurt, now Chief Kurtenbach. Then he was a sergeant. And he really, the way he ran his squad with community policing was unbelievable. Uh, just the caring and um, the way he approached everything was model. I mean, it was fantastic. Um, so then I went from there to undercover narcotics, stayed there for around seven and a half years, loved it. Um, but I had a three-year-old son at that point, so I really needed more stability for him. So I went over to public affairs. You talk about Chief Kurtenbach. Everyone affectionately refers to him as Chief K. And to this day, when you talk about the South Mountain Precinct, people still know him. They engage with him. He's incredibly active, obviously citywide. Uh, you can tell he has a very fond place in his heart for the South Mountain Precinct. Uh, we, those in law enforcement with Phoenix, know that precinct. We call it 400. They're numbered. And folks who have worked in 400 have a, a true passion to serve. All of our officers do. Don't get me wrong. But the folks who work the 400 community seem to really always hold that special and dear to their heart. When you left that community, when you went on to other places, did you miss that bond with the community and with your coworkers? I absolutely did. Um, fortunately, I was able to to have that with narcotics because just like that that desire to, to serve and to help people – actually found I was able to do that more in undercover narcotics. For example, we um, there was one case in particular where my partner and I, uh, we went in and, you know, we pose as drug users. And I'd, there was a couple and they had three little kids and they left their kids with us to go get our methamphetamine, came back and like they were like weighing it out on this counter and the kids were right there and they had a baby bottle with a meth pipe in it and it was horrible. But usually in these cases, you know, the young parents are struggling with addiction, but the, their parents are really good people. So if you can get treatment for, you know, the, the parents, you know, get them into something, and then the children have a chance in life with the grandparents. And so we were able to do that quite a bit, work with the county attorney's office. So I felt that I was still able to help the community, even though, yes, 400, that is my heart. Love South Mountain Precinct. Um, great, great times uh, there. But I was still felt I was able to serve. And then you took, uh, you talk about the passion for communications, uh, which not everybody has. You were able to now take that and marry it with your police work background in the Public Affairs Bureau. What were you responsible for? What was the day-to-day? So I was the good news PIO. So my job was to promote a positive image of the police department to the community. And it was fantastic. So I was able to find the great things that officers were doing and share those with the community. We didn't have social media at that time. So just, you know, through popular media. So I was able to highlight the good things. And then community events. So, I mean, rather it was at Christmas time, giving presents to kids, whatever it happened to be. So I just felt that I was still able to serve in that capacity, the police department, by showcasing good things that they did, and then all the help they gave to the community. We're talking to Dr. Cindy Scott. We're talking about her career with the Phoenix Police Department before she went on and got her doctorate. But just a quick plug, if anyone's interested in becoming a police officer, a Phoenix police officer, please check out the website, phoenix.gov slash employment, or you can call 262-6925. That's 602-262-6925. When you left the police department, one of the things that I don't know if everyone realizes is tuition reimbursement, and you talk about student debt. Student debt is 
for a lot of folks, something they endure for, for many years. When you work for the police department, they have tuition reimbursement. They're helping subsidize your college costs. You obviously value education. You're operating in that field. Now, can you talk a little bit about how you transitioned from the police department to going out, getting your doctorate, and what you're doing now? Sure. So, I mean, thank God for Phoenix. They, I mean, I was still paying for my bachelor's degree because I earned that before I went into the department. After I earned my master's and doctorate degree because you're paying for student loans for so long. And Phoenix valued education. It was actually Chief Frazier who signed off on my dissertation. So, uh, you know, it was the support the department gave. It was a tuition reimbursement. They, and also just having this environment where they wanted their officers to be educated. So there weren't barriers to it. Everybody really moved mountains so that a group of us could go all the way and get their doctorate degrees and then take that back to the police department and serve the department. The reason that you and I are are now in each other's <laughs> lives, for lack of a better term, I reached out to you recently, and, and I was referred to, I should say, because I have not gotten my degree. I am 25 years on the police department, and I could not be more, um, yeah, I don't want to say embarrassed, but I wish I had done it sooner. Now it can be an intimidating process, and you took down all those barriers for me. I want to go back. I realize I'm I'm older than most of the attendees. Um, you could not have been more patient. You could not have been more informative. Oh. You could not have given me more options as with the people who work with you about how to get back in there. And and what I really appreciate about you is you could not have been more supportive. Whereas you very easily could have said, check out the website, click a few classes, good luck. You didn't do any of that. You obviously value education, and I can tell you still love helping others. Talk a little bit about that, please. What drives you? So with uh, with NAU, they actually, their mission is to serve people who are place-bound. So even back in the 90s, we all went through the programs at NAU. Uh, they had master's programs, doctorate programs, bachelor programs, and they served law enforcement at a time that the academic world, they really didn't want to do that. It was pretty much an elitist atmosphere where, you know, you're going to come to us traditionally, and if you can't do that, we don't want to serve you. And you didn't do that. So I was so thankful that they they did that. And so it's NAU, just like Phoenix gave me the opportunity to serve the community, NAU gives me the opportunity to serve people who are place-bound, like officers. So education is the key. It is the key to getting out of poverty. It is the key to advancing. It is the key to the life out after the police department. It gives you options. So any officer, I want to serve you know him or her to, to make it not intimidating. I mean, I have the answers. I mean, we didn't have um, a lot of that back in the 90s. And so a lot of us who went through kind of had a little clunky process, even though NAU really did a great job. So I feel that I can take what I've learned for all these years, these 20 years, and give it to you in a little, you know, little five-minute pitch and save you a lot of headaches. It was easily digestible. And I have a greater appreciation. And again, I'm just going to be transparent. It's embarrassing. Don't be. No, it's not embarrassing. Well, this part is. uh, My wife um, is... not a lot of folks in her family went to college, and she went. She worked for the city. The city took care of all of her education, and watching it, I thought that's not for me. So, and she's a she inspired me, but b I needed someone to help navigate. You can't always go to the people who are most important in your life. Sometimes you have to go to a neutral person. But you didn't make me feel. Uh, less than, and you didn't make me feel like I was not uh, successful because I wasn't navigating that hurdle. 
someone like you who operates in that environment is probably very second nature now. Someone like me, it wasn't. So you talk about service. That humbling that you did to walk me through when you really didn't have to do that, I hope you... I hope that's something that you you hold on to because it made all the difference and could make all the difference for whatever future career I might have, if if anything. If I did something to help you, then I feel better. I'm probably not the only one you've done that for, though. You I try to do it for anyone. I mean, I work with a lot of officers and have an affinity for officers and law enforcement. So, I mean, I do that for obviously every student, but really officers I try to serve. I wish people could. Say, I wish we could uh, live stream this because when we talk about you and give you a compliment, you get. Very uncomfortable. You got your doctorate. You've never introduced yourself as doctor. I think that's actually cool. I would totally do that every time I made a reservation <laughs> or anything. What is your doctorate in and how hard was it? Um, it's an interdisciplinary doctorate. It's educational leadership um, with a focus on criminal justice. And, um, you know, it was challenging, I, but I loved learning. So, I mean, it was it was a phenomenal process. I couldn't be more thankful. Don't want to go back and do it again. <laughs> but... It was it was a good experience. Somebody's out there driving around because uh, folks, you know, all over the valley will hear this wherever wherever they work, and they're they're teetering on the brink like I was. Do I? Don't I? Can you please speak to that person who's even considering getting their education, furthering their education? If you have the opportunity to have tuition reimbursement, it is the one thing you can do that after you leave your job you can't go back and do. And there's it's all positive. Um, and NEU is fantastic with working with adult learners, you know, first-generation college students. Uh, pl- if you're place-bound, I mean, they really have great programs. And the instructors are all practitioners who work in these programs. So they worked in the field, and they're there to help. As a parent, as a doctor, as somebody who worked with us in the final moments, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be most remembered for? Serving people, helping oh, you people. You hesitate. You didn't even hesitate. If I can help, that's that's it. it. Came from my mother; she always helped, so I just want to help people. And you really have your whole career. So, uh, for all the work you did with us as the department, and all you're doing to further the careers and education of folks who, like me, are been out of the game a little bit, truly, thank you. Uh, it's I'm so not glad just, you're getting your degree. Well, we'll see. It's not just what you do, though; it's how you do it, and that's why we appreciate you, Cindy. We also oh, appreciate Bonneville for this time. Ed, as always, we appreciate you, and most importantly, the listening audience. Thank you for your time. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to Five O Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News ninety two three FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.